Well, good morning. It is good to be with you here in person and also online. We are glad that you are with us. If you'd like to follow along with the sermon, you can do that on our church app. On the church app, we have um, the sermon notes there for you to follow along with. When COVID started, I started to notice that I was having a similar conversation with a lot of people. Now, it's not what you might expect. Yes, there were lots of conversations about mental wellness and about physical wellness. There were conversations with people around their kids and also seniors and those who were working at home trying to balance it all. But the one thing that people shared most often with me was how God was providing for them in the midst of this time. And for many people who talked with me about this, they shared that God was providing for them financially during this time. Now, over and over again, people would tell me, I have less, yes, but things have worked out. Not perfectly, not 100%, not how I wanted. But people felt that God, in trying times, was providing for them. This is one of the most radical things about our faith. We have a belief that our God provides for us. A powerful story from my own life was a very, very good friend of mine. He shared with me, how he had moved to California to pursue his career as a drummer. And he hit some tough times financially. He knew that he had no more food in the house and no job on the horizon. And so that Sunday he went to church, as was his tradition, and he asked that God would help him. That day, a bag of food showed up at his front door. And then he found that a job he had applied for that he thought had been given to someone else called in a couple weeks. Now, most of the time when these things happen, people will call them coincidences. And I get that. But when it happens, and it doesn't always, I know, our faith calls it something else. We call it providence. Now, providence is the word that means, and you may not know this word, it's not a word we use a lot anymore, but providence means God's divine guidance, God's divine care for us in the midst of life. I have a real relationship with this word providence, and it came out of the fact that when I started seminary. One of the things we were told was that when we were finishing up seminary, we would need to be able to share what was the foundational concept of our faith. What was the one thing that we kind of built everything upon? Now, my faith when I went to seminary changed because in my first week in seminary, a family member of mine died. And that had an extreme impact on me and on my life. I think sometimes that it is really those hardest things in our life that define us. 
and help us understand where God is in the midst of our lives. Our faith, if it can't stand in those difficult times, needs to be reevaluated. We need to look at it. We need to figure it out so that our faith would be the place that we can draw from in the midst of troubles and difficulty. So, when I got to the end of seminary and I had to present what was the foundation of my faith, I talked about this concept, the the concept of providence. One author described providence this way. He said, God's providence is God's caring provision for his people as he guides them in their journey of faith through life, accomplishing his purpose in them. God's mission is to save people and shape them to become more like Jesus. I like this first sentence that's bolded. God's caring for provision for his people as he guides them in their journey of faith through life. The idea of providence that God provides for us spoke to me when I was in my 30s, and it speaks to me now. Because my experience is that God does provide for us. Now, a lot of times we don't see it. We don't see God's provision. And we don't see it for a lot of reasons. Sometimes we don't see it because of our own mental wellness. Sometimes we don't see it because of our own busyness in life. Uh, Sometimes we don't see God's provision for us because of the burdens that we carry and how they weigh us down. Sometimes we don't see it because we've put up a wall between us and God. These things can stop us from seeing and experiencing how God provides at all times in our life. But while these things may stop us, they don't have to. Today we continue our series called Receiving Christmas, and today we're going to talk about Receiving the gift of God's plenty, God's care for us, God's providential care. In this season, God has so much for all of us. And if you were here last week, you learned that we have a prayer posture that goes with all of this. So fold your arms like this. This is the closed position where we're not open to receiving what God has. And then there's this position, that open position where we receive what God has. So let's hear today's text and hear about what God has for us all. This is from Joel 2, 21 through 27. Do not fear, O soil, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Do not fear, you animals of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green, The trees bear its fruit, and the fig tree and the vine give their full yield. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, and the early and the later rain as before. The threshing floors are full of grain, and the vats shall be overflowing with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent against you 
You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I, the Lord, am your God and there is no other. And my people shall never be put to shame. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So during Advent, a lot of times we will hear from one of our Old Testament prophets. And today we hear from the prophet Joel. We don't know a lot about the times in which he wrote. We can't really even date when he wrote his book. But we know that he wrote about the hardships that people were experiencing. And the main hardship appears to be a plague of locusts. Now, we don't know if they were a real plague of locusts or if this was a metaphor for just all the disaster that was going on around them. Now, why is this happening? Why were they experiencing such difficulties in their lives? Well, in Joel's mind, the people had left God. They had turned from God. And because of that, God had given them some adversity for Joel and for all the prophets. The adversity that God gives is ultimately about drawing people back to God, about showing people how much they need God in their lives. Joel's job, and really the job of any prophet, is to call people back to God to return to God, to remind them of God's goodness and how God wants to provide for them. Today's text speaks about the gift of plenty and offers to us how God has so much for us from his generous hand. Let's look today at the text a little more closely to see what it has for us. First, the text begins with something we hear a lot in the season of Advent. Do not fear. We also hear it, do not be afraid. Uh, We heard this last week in our scripture, and we hear it throughout the season of Advent. When the angel appears to Mary, he tells her not to be afraid. When the angel appears to Joseph, he tells him not to be afraid. When the angel appears to Zechariah, He tells him to not be afraid. And this is actually one of the first things Jesus tells his disciples when he's gathering them, to not be afraid. This is a good place for us to start when we talk about receiving this gift of plenty because fear is something we all know about. And it is something that too often steals from us the plenty that we have in our lives. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that fear in your life can steal the good things around you? That it can steal your joy or your hope or your peace? The scriptures are full of us hearing about how we are told not to be afraid. And in fact, the Bible is often said that in the Bible there are 365 or 366 places where it says fear not. Technically, this is not true, but 
when we study the scripture, what we see over and over again is that God constantly calls his people to have faith, to have his strength in their lives, to have his peace, and that that leads to his provision, and that moves them out of fear. Now, I don't think this means that we're never going to be afraid. Rather, it means that our fears, our everyday fears, are not the final word for any of us. Our fears are always going to be there, but we are invited as people of faith not to be controlled by them. Faith doesn't get rid of our fear 100% of the time, but our faith reminds us that God has so much more for you and I. In our text today, we hear some beautiful images of the plenty, of the abundance that God had for his people. The text starts out with saying, O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord, for he has given you early rain. He has poured down for you abundant rain. The early and the later rain is before. This is, of course, because this is an agricultural uh, people, and the importance of rain matters so much to them. Then it also says, this image of abundance, the threshing floor will be full of grain, and that shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So this idea of abundance, that they have all that they need. And then the last piece where it says, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Very much images of plenty. All these images of God's providing and God's provision for his people. There is abundance. There is more than what one needs. There is plenty. So let me ask you, where this year have you received plenty? Where have you received more than enough? Maybe you were able to pay your bills this year. Maybe you were even able to help someone else financially. Maybe the plenty you experienced was through people, through the support of family or friends. Maybe you were able not only to give that support, but also to receive that support. Sometimes we have to slow down to see the plenty around us. In our busy lives, we often don't notice the daily things that God does for us. And I think one reason people love this time of the year with Thanksgiving is that it is a time for all of us to slow down just a little bit and to see all that God has done for us, to see all the plenty even in the midst of difficulty that has been there. Today's text has two big things for us. The first thing it has for us is what it calls us to do, and then the second is how to live more into that. So let me talk about the two things that jump out of the text to me. The first is that we are called to return to God in this season. And second, 
We are called to see that the gifts of plenty of God's providing are for you, for us all. One of the themes of Advent pretty much every year is the theme of returning to God. Returning from having wandered away, from having forgotten who God is in our life. This is a theme that's important for us in Advent because it's part of most all of our lives. Pretty much all of us at some time will wander away from God. We will stop practicing our faith. We will stop praying. Maybe we stop attending worship. We fall off track. Not because we're bad people, but because life happens and because we get distracted and because a lot of times we think we got it handled. But here's the thing. Advent invites us every year to return to God, to notice where we have fallen away and to come home. And to know that there's no shame there, but that God welcomes each of us home in this season of Advent. God welcomes us and our church family welcomes us. We are welcomed. The season of Advent is a season of homecoming for us all. Then I think the second thing that the text lifts up is that the gift of plenty, of God's providing, is for us all. So think about it. Every morning, every afternoon, every evening, we see how God provides. God provides with family and friends, with food and shelter, and so much more. If we sat down today and made a list of all ways God has provided If you got to list two or three things, and you got to list two or three things, and then we read that list aloud, can you imagine how that would feel to hear all of these ways that God has provided? Because God has. Let me share an example from my own life about God's provision that's rather personal. Some of you know, because you're on social media, and some of you may not know, but In 2020, I was diagnosed with a rare blood cancer. It's called uh, polycythemia vera. And I um, have heard it best described as having like a chronic leukemia is the way they describe it. Now, I have a great doctor and I have great treatment and all of that is good. But over this year, what I have found is that God has provided for me in a new way in a different way. You see, there are some days I wake up and I don't feel like myself. And I know that all I need to do is turn to God in those times and ask him to be there and to provide and to enable me to do what he puts before me to do. And I can tell you that it's not that he provides 95% of the time or 99% of the time. But my experience is that God provides for me 100% of the time. We have a God who wants to provide for us. We have a God who wants to meet us in the midst of whatever our needs are and to provide for us. But we have to be, what, 
open, right? Do this with your hands. We have to be open to God's providing. We have to realize that God wants to provide if we will be open. So how do we do it? How do we become more like this, more open to God's providing? A couple ideas. First, look around you with open arms and also an open heart. It is sadly one of the ways we are wired as people that we just think about all that's going wrong. In fact, did you know that bad things take up more space in your brain so it's easier to recall them? That doesn't seem fair, does it? No. We have a tendency as people to see what's wrong, to see what is not working. But instead, we are called to look around, to look around in our lives with open arms to receive and an open heart as well to see how God is providing, to notice that. Because here's the thing, the more you notice it, the more you see it. It just keeps reinforcing itself. Second, trust God in an area where you need his provision. I shared about my own health and how I find God providing for me in this time. You have something. We all have something where we need God's provision. It may be anxiety you're dealing with. It may be your fear for your children. It may be the uncertainty of your job. It may be some difficulties that you're having in relationships One of the most powerful things I have learned in my life of faith is that our life gets substantially easier and more wonderful when we take our greatest concerns to God and we leave them there, trusting that God will provide. So whatever your issue is that you sit here with today, whether it's, you know, the free-floating anxiety of the holiday season or your concern about a loved one's health or things around COVID and all we've been dealing with, bring it to God. Bring it to God and say, God, this is beyond me. I do not know what to do, but I know it is not beyond you. And so I put it in your hands, and I know that you will provide. And then every time your mind starts spinning, just go back to that idea. I give it to you, God, and I know that you will provide. Take some time, because our brains are so good at that spinning and ruminating and thinking of all the things. But try it, and see what God does when you give him those things you are carrying And third, know that we become more open to receive from God when we share with others. We're going to spend a minute on this one because it is Stewardship Sunday in the church. Stewardship Sunday is the Sunday where we talk a little bit about money in the church. And we actually talk a couple times during the year. We could do like a little check-in. But today is the day where we ask you to make a commitment for the coming year. Now, this part of the message is not for you if you are a visitor, if you are newer. 
Um, this part of the message is for you if this is your spiritual home, okay? So if you just happened upon us today, I don't want you to feel, but I want all of us who claim this as our spiritual home to know that this is for us today. You might imagine with COVID and all the things going on in the world that this has been a strange year for church finances. That's the best word I have for it strange. Thank you for your faithfulness. Your giving has made a huge difference in keeping the church in a place where we can continue to thrive and do ministry. Of course, there have been shortfalls with everything that's going on. For example, one of them is we have um, this beautiful facility and we do have some groups who use it and we do get rent from that. So in a usual year, our rent would be about $38,000. Um, this year, because of COVID and everything being closed, it's more like thirteen. And one of the changes we've made to keep people safe is not to pass the plate. So usually a plate offering is about $15,000 a year, and this year it's three. You know, these are things that happen. These are things that happen in the life of all churches And so on our end as church staff, we have cut expenses and we have um, looked at how we utilize staff and we have used our funds, I think, very well so that we've been able to continue to do the important ministry that we do. I believe in this church and I know you do too. This is a wonderful church and so I invite you to be part of providing for this coming year. I always believe when I ask for church uh, members to give that I should be bold. And because boldness is what God calls us to, to be people who are generous and who remind one another why church matters so much. So if you got a letter from me, you may have had a letter that invited you to increase your giving. I'm helping us move toward a tithe or for some of us beyond a tithe. And you may wonder why. I mean, why bother to give to our local church? What's the point of that? There's so many great organizations that you and I can support. Why does the church matter so much for us as people of faith? Well, first, it gives us the opportunity to acknowledge our view of life and what we believe in. Either we believe everything we have is ours, which is the view of the world, or we believe everything we have is God's, and we are entrusted with that. And because we are entrusted with that, we are called to use what we have for God's good in the world, what honors him what allows us to to share his love with others. Number two, it gives us the opportunity to show gratitude to God. Giving is really an act of worship. It's an act of gratitude. It's an act where we say thank you to God for the many blessings that we have received. And number three, it gives us the opportunity to experience plenty. You know, that's what we're talking about today, this God who gives and who invites us to be part of his divine nature, this generous nature that is giving and sharing for others. 
When we give, it says we have plenty to share. So, today you have an opportunity to pledge for 2022 and know that your increase in giving enables us to continue to move forward and to do the ministry we do. Here's some of what 2021 looked like. We did worship on the lawn and inside. We shared food with those in need and family promise. We had baptisms here at the church. And confirmation. Blessing of the pets. Drive-through communion. Our summer stories. Ash Wednesday. Holy Thursday, Good Friday online, Easter. (laughs) Easter in the building and our youth starting to come back and participating. Our children's ministry coming back, VBS and that fun and our kids' zone clubs. And then our anniversary celebration where we celebrated 50 years of being here for good. Then we welcomed 52 new members this year. And we broke ground on our campus remodel. We welcomed back our choir and our band. We celebrated the servants among us and all the good people who are part of this congregation who make a difference through their giving and welcome and serving. And all this is grounded in worship so that we might know God and serve him more fully. I invite you to partner with God through this church in 2022. You will see a pledge card in your pew. It looks like this. It has the 50th anniversary logo. And if you're online with us, we invite you to pledge through um, this QR code, which is also in the building. If you're here, it's on on the pledge card. This will take you to our online giving. And I know more and more of us are setting up our pledge card online and doing things online together. So you'll have time to fill this out, and then um, we will have a song after I close the sermon, and you'll be able to bring your card up, or you'll be able to go online and fill it out there at well as well, and then we have our basket here to place it in. This is a great congregation. Do you know that? Yes. Do you know that? Wait, wait, do you know that? Okay, I want to make sure. You have a great loving care for the community. You have a great loving care for one another. You are always working to include and help people become part of something new here. You are a blessing to the Santa Clarita Valley. We are called to be a people who serve our God, and our God invites us to receive all that he has for us, his provision in every way, his plenty for us all. So let's open our arms wide and breathe in all that he has for us, God's provision. God's plenty. Let us pray.